Pablo Morales Martinez. I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And together we are Robots, Robots versus Taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yeah. Welcome to episode 28. 28. A milestone. Yes. If you will. Welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's always a debacle. It's always another damage report as soon as you turn on the TV. I always feel that um that this show is too topical, especially when we talk about Trump. Mm-hmm. But then I remember that these mistakes will be recorded in forever history. Exactly. It's like the moments when, you know, like people are going to look back and remember, oh, Trump in- helped endorse a pedophile <laughs> from Alabama. It should be on record. And I like to think some way, somehow, these podcasts inevitably find their way to be being beamed out into space and that right. inevitable like radio cone that's been broadcasting since like the 1950s yeah, right. or something you know well when we are broadcast live through well not live but <laughs> <laughs> we're broadcast to radio free brooklyn so that message is going somewhere so i mean you know it's going across the internet but i'd like to think at some point it's bouncing off a satellite somewhere and some yeah. of that is just leaking out into space you know when whenever they do uh space movies when they want to depict like the vastness of space and how little earth is when they do the whole like as you zoom away from earth they go farther and farther back into the broadcast history you know to show how far is that just me or no 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 okay because you're you're just looking you're looking at me i'm getting farther away from you but seriously (laughs) you you were you were like literally moving away from the mic like illustrating you know what he's gonna dig himself out of this one we'll see we will see what happens it was it was like at the beginning of contact remember yes yeah yes so it's like they do that you know dude i'm with you don't worry (laughs) just didn't want to be alone in this thought and moment. <laughs> but I like to think, you know, within that that broadcast cone, like, you know, robots versus taxes is embedded in there somewhere. Yeah, I know. And it's like long after we've blown ourselves up. <laughs> I want I hope that some advanced civilization is just like, oh man, there were these two guys <laughs> on a place called Earth. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> Wow, that's a reference to uh, obscure '90s hip hop song. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But the the true hip hop heads will know what you yes uh, what you were referring to. But um, but uh, yeah. So the the fuckery this week, the illustrious occupier in chief has Twitter beef. Yeah, the fucking what's his name? That bas that basketball uh, players. Dad, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Lavar Ball. Ball. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, if you don't know, dear listeners, uh, three college uh, basketball players uh, were detained in China uh, for shoplifting, uh, supposedly, and the uh, our illustrious uh, inglorious leader. Um, had a conversation with the the Chinese president and somehow got these guys off or something. Did he? Like that. Uh, I thought he had nothing to do with that. I really, you know, I have a very difficult time believing that he had anything to do with anything uh, with the release of these three young men. I thought we have like like um, 
the ambassador to China, I forget what his name is. Oh, he ran in the Republican ticket like a few years ago, like eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Ah, fuck it. Um, but I thought it was like, like Trump had nothing to do with it. And mm-hmm. then, of course, like all things Trump, he's just like, thank me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, fuck off, dude. Fuck off. I mean, just this morning, he, he was trying to reiterate. It was just like, it was because of me that these three young men, uh, blah, 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 blah. It's just like. Really? You woke up today, and that's that's what you wanted to put out? Uh, he just, like, l- like scanned his shallow-ass memory for, like, the people of color that he's picking on today, because mm-hmm. there are always people of color. Yeah, of course. Um, and he, like, remembered, like, last, like, a few weeks ago, like, he helped. He didn't help. He was uh, referencing the the these three basketball players that got detained in China. Mm. It's it's his way of distracting the public away from the fact that a he's endorsing a pedophile mm-hmm. and b he is. I mean the the Keystone Pipeline burst. Mm-hmm. One of the cornerstones of his campaigning uh-huh. was being Absolutely. like the keystone pipeline the keystone pipeline these they need to be able to build this keystone pipeline as soon as he got in office he authorized it they started building it and all those protesters that went to jail mm. that uh had to go out there and protest this because it was built over native american soil like and th- these these people went to jail over protesting this shit, like it burst, and now I feel like they have no excuse for this kind of like he Trump has no excuse for this kind of shit, and he's dodging all this attention away from uh, the Keystone Pipeline bursting and his endorsement of of Roy Moore the pedophile. Totally agree. Because he's that's he, what he does. Yeah, that's what he does. He he has he's. Like he's turned being an idiot into a superpower. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just he's <laughs> he's the kind of, he's like he he's the kind of guy who would mess up at his job so bad. Like he could be working at a uh, a pharmaceutical company or medical insurance company, and like his boss, you know, comes in. It's just like you know. Uh, Donald, uh, 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 all all of your accounts are, are past due, and it's da, da, just like, oh my God, boss, look, dumpster fire right outside. We should do something about that. Oh, the garbage, it's on fire. You know, and yeah. it's, it's like that's what he does, and for some reason, a good chunk of the country and especially the media just sort of rolls with it because it's always outrageous. It's yeah, just, well, it, it gets the media viewership. I mean, like CNN. For all the fact that, like, I I have a fraction of respect for CNN. Mm-hmm. And I mean a fraction because, like, they're, I mean, they're the, they're one of the definitions of bullshit news. But um, whenever Trump makes an outrageous statement or calls out CNN for being fake news, uh, CNN makes gangbusters, like, in ratings and shit. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's the Trump, like... People love sensationalism, and Trump has branded his own sensationalism. It's his own kind of like yellow journalism. He just creates this cloud of awfulness. 
our country has become the the national inquirer uh in all of its yeah. dealings it's like b- before you know it <laughs> we'll have you know photoshop pictures of him making deals with uh space aliens on the cover of the new york times just because it oh, seems like god i hope not because that means the aliens out there are stupid what <laughs> That's they're, why that that's why I said Photoshop. Fucking Justice League like movie caliber idiots. <laughs> and uh, dear listeners, I just want you to take that as a hint that we're going to be going in. Yeah, we're going to go in on Justice League on that particular uh, film a, a, a little later in this yeah. podcast. But um, but yeah, no, that's why I said uh, Photoshop picture of aliens talking to Trump because I don't think that any extraterrestrial uh being worth a damn would communicate with us right now but speaking of extraterrestrials i don't know if you saw this story there is there was this extrasolar object yes i saw that holy shit passed through our solar system and they put a picture of it like on one of my favorite sites called i fucking love science and it's it's essentially a stick asteroid it's it's, it's a, a long, cigar it's a cigar <laughs> asteroid the shaft of an asteroid <laughs> and i as soon as i saw that picture i was just like that is a generational ship if i've ever seen one like there are i don't know if you, um i don't know if any of our viewers uh, viewers <laughs> listen to me <laughs> if any of our listeners we're drunk fuck it yeah <laughs> i don't know if any of our of our listeners um, are into anime hopefully you are if you're listening to us but um knights of sidonia oh shit that's they're, right they're, god the, damn the dude, way, the, way serious. That, the way that ship looked it reminds me of the ship from knights of sidonia and i was looking i was just like what if there's like a whole like yeah like a like a society, a society living, living in there and they're just like passing through and they're just and they detected us, and they're just like, ah, shit. They're not really in a good place. <laughs> Roll your right windows now. up. <laughs> Everybody turn the lights off and just be really, really quiet for a few months. We don't want to let these motherfuckers know. Any of them rings the doorbell. You know what to do. Just turn the lights just off. Just turn the lights off. Just shh, you know. We'll be out of here, you know. Um, but yeah, it was the. Uh, we represent the United Federation of America. It's like no, but fine. Just an asteroid. <laughs> yeah. We're just a lonely asteroid. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, it was the weirdest looking asteroid, and I thought it was absolutely fascinating. It reminded me of um, I don't know if you read this book, Pablo, but uh, Rendezvous with Rama. By one of your favorite authors, Arthur C. Clarke. Yes, yes I do know that. Uh, I read that book because, <laughs> uh, in a roundabout, uh, really nerdy way, I read that David Fincher was planning on making that into a movie. Mm-hmm. I believe that Morgan Freeman has Morgan, been, a, yes, has Morgan been attached Freeman. to that project for the longest time. Forever, yeah. So as soon as I heard that David Fincher was involved, I was like, yes, mm. I totally want to see this. Mm. And I totally want to read whatever it's about because I lo- I was like infatuated with anything David Fincher because he made Seven and he made Fight Club and I thought that those movies were amazing. He I think he'd do a great job uh, with this particular property. Um, 
just a quick rundown. I won't, you know, spoil anything, but uh, it's essentially a ginormous uh, generational shift that passes through the solar system and Earth detects it. And uh, this was after monumental governmental and environmental upheavals on Earth. Um, so they sort of spot this and manage to focus themselves enough to uh, create a manned mission to explore this object, which seems like it's under intelligent control. It's not just passing through, because at one point it slows down yes, and it changes yes, course. Right. And the ship is very much like, and I'm so glad that they um, made this depiction in this movie. Uh, do you remember at the end of Interstellar? Yes, yeah, yeah, I remember the end of that. That, like, curved... Yeah. Uh, I forget what... Uh, there's a name for that type of ship, and I forget what it is. I believe it's called Big Ass Ship. <laughs> no, but it's like... <laughs> it's like a circle, though. It's, it's, a like, it's it, like a cylinder. Yeah. Uh, it's it, a giant it, cylinder it that... It makes its own gravity because it turns. Because it turns. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, it, it creates its own gravity, and you can, put, you, can you know, uh, put a lot of... Um, people in it yeah <laughs> so, it's full of people it's full of it's full of dinosaurs <laughs> we had to get our obligatory yeah jeff goldblum out reference. of the way <laughs> so it's it's just one of those things that we're under contract uh, to do that we get that is the nature of uh, uh chaos <laughs> We literally get like a box of Toblerones from Jeff Goldblum whenever, <laughs> whenever we impersonate him. He would send Toblerones. So, <laughs> he'd be like, send those gentlemen some chocolate. <laughs> uh, uh, tell him it was from, from uh, uh, Jeff. <laughs> it's like, we know. Yeah. We know. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> but, um,. But uh, yeah, it's uh, basically uh, the ship, which is a code name Rama uh, in this book, um, is very similar to the depiction um, at the end of Interstellar of this ship that was um, uh, constructed by humanity uh, in that movie. So, uh, but the thing is, in Rendezvous with Rama, the ship is not of Earth origin; it, it is of alien origin. And the Arthur, uh, the Arthur, <laughs> the author. <laughs> Arthur C. Clarke. I bet. Right. I bet that's happened to him like ten trillion right, times right. within his life. <laughs> um, uh, he imagines this unbelievably alien environment within this uh, cylinder, and the way the expedition to the cylinder interacts with the environment and all the implications of everything they find inside of this uh, cylinder is so mind-stretching, it's so beyond um, everyday common-sense thinking that you're just wrapped up into it. And if they ever do make this into a movie, it's not going to be one of those, at least I hope, it's not going to be one of those whiz-bang explosions in space. Um, no, no, no. You know, I, I like, imagine it would be directed by Denis Villeneuve of like Arrival and Blade Runner 2049 yes. fame. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it needs to be one of those very deep sci-fi movie i mean if if any of you have seen uh 2001 a space odyssey yeah like that that's the depth we're talking in in some ways 
even deeper than that. Yo, could you imagine Aronofsky doing it? Oh. Fuck, I know we I know we talk about this a lot, like in private, but like if Darren Aronofsky did rendezvous with Rama, it would like he would be, blow minds. He would be amazing uh, for that project. I mean, we have we have a list of directors that we we just want to go yeah, to we ju- for certain styles of projects. <laughs> like it's just an Aronofsky for a deep sci-fi film like uh, of this level. Holy shit, man! It, it would, would be just ridiculous. Be amazing. First of all, he would insist that it's that it's an actual documentary. <laughs> like, <laughs> he'd be like, "We are going to construct a one fifth scale version of this ship, which would amount to." something the size of like five football fields yeah i i think that if if that were made into a movie now it like it would blow minds and make no money it's true <laughs> it's true i wish there was oh man i wish there were like studios in other parts of the world and other markets that just ate all of this up and produced these films and then we could just import it um so that we would have a constant stream of these like really deep uh, sci-fi films, but it doesn't. It's it just seems like the market worldwide is just not primed at this point. For no, that sort I of mean thing. like look who our president is. Wow. <laughs> I mean, uh, and that's not to say that like people out there in general are dumb or stupid, uh, but I just feel that because one of the world's highest grossing films is Transformers, like that series. Uh, is it, it really one, the, one of the yeah. world's highest? Yeah, films? dude, that movie, every time a Transformers movie like goes up, Michael Bay buys another island. <laughs> God. So he basically owns like uh, the Florida Keys yeah, or something like that. Yeah, basically. He's like starting his own country. Oh. That uh, of, oh. bro, of bros... So, <laughs> so I mean, like, it, it's not a really good time for, like, thought-provoking. Like, unless superhero movies were to suddenly start tackling, like, bigger issues. Mm. Like, I hope it, w- it will someday. I feel, some I feel like they inch toward that. Like, yeah. especially, like, Marvel movies have been dropping, like, bits of wokeness in uh, in their films yeah the, i'm hoping that's the direction that like wow do you hear me i'm kind of i'm slurring my speech already um, you sound just fine to me <laughs> but i'm hoping that's the direction of superhero filmmaking now i know i feel like we've gone uh, like way off the rails in terms of like politics and shit but fuck it well, we'll, <laughs> this is our po- this is our podcast we'll we, find our way back yeah we'll, we'll find do it. It. we can do we can do whatever the fuck we want I mean, yeah i know we might be setting this up for a whole other you know subject because that's just how we do before i forget so i wanted to ask you like in terms of like your thought process and how you view things in terms of like the subject that we're tackling with aliens like arriving what do you think would happen if they were to suddenly show up during like the trump era the trump era wow well first of all i think that there would be a a a shot for shot copy of that moment in independence day when the newscaster is asking people not to shoot their guns into the air oh my god (laughs) 
literally. That was. Because oh. <laughs> people would literally be like, oh, God, we got to shoot these giant interstellar ships out of the sky. And our little guns are, is what's going to do it. Um, so I think I think that would Shit. just be I think that would be like hour one. <laughs> that is like, damn, that is accuracy right there. And then well done. You did it. And then immediately after that, um, there would be like uh, mass interpretation of what it all means. There, there would be a very strong and um, radical like religious twist to it uh like people, contact like con exactly contact people just flooding to their places of worship you know oh you know this could be in the end this then the other and uh then hopefully uh the scientific community would weigh in not that that's to say that that would be any more calming because for years uh people like uh stephen hawking has been saying you know if we were to be visited by uh, an extraterrestrial uh, intelligence, uh, most likely that wouldn't be good for us, you know? That's right, that's he, right. He's been saying that for years. And then, you know, but again, like I, I don't completely disagree with him, but that's also uh, presuming that the pattern would follow the same pattern that um, has happened on Earth when one civilization that's been more technologically advanced meets one that's less technologically advanced. Usually it doesn't turn out too well for the uh, less technologically advanced civilization. If we're talking about an extraterrestrial uh, intelligence, we're talking about something that, ha uh, that has developed in a completely different and separate environment. So we may not even be able to completely anticipate that. But I can't rule out Stephen Hawking's um, uh, uh, prediction um, entirely. What do you think would happen? Well, I mean, like, it's it's interesting because we're, like, a day away from Thanksgiving and you're, like, bringing up the fact that, like, there were conquerors <laughs> coming in from, you know, in, in, this, in this case, it's, like, eons away. Apropos. I know. <laughs> Hello. Hello. All right. <laughs> we love our cheesy radio guy voices. Yeah, man. We love it. <laughs> I just want to bathe in the fucking radio, the hack vo radio voice. It just sounds creamy. It's like, hey, hello. Uh, top of the hour. All right. But what do I think, like, in terms of, like, what? Aliens? Yeah, aliens showing up, you know. During the Trump era. During the Trump era. What would happen? Um... <laughs> I think it would be like like space balls, like they're. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear this. Like it's like everyone everyone who's heard of the space balls are just like, oh, these guys again, you know. <laughs> like I just imagine they're multi-dimensional beings and they keep running into us in every time period, like every like eon or or two, like every five eons they run oh. into us. This is getting really weird. Hmm. But every five eons, they keep running into us. And they're just every time it's like we're in the middle of like sorting out our shit like a paint, like 
like we're that that fucked up friend who is always in the middle of a, like a horrible breakup. They're just like, hey, dude, how's it going? I'm just going through some shit right now. And I don't know, like, if Nazis are bad. And I don't know if pedophilia is wrong. And then they're just like, you know what? I'm going to go. And you sort your shit out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Meanwhile, holy shit, dude. Meanwhile, their mere presence causes a certain amount of cultural upheaval. Um to the point that we have this whole era of recording weird shit in all of our media and art and culture. It's sort of like, I don't know if you ever watch uh, some of these like ancient alien shows and stuff like that. Aliens. Ali exactly. <laughs> I'm making nice. The... Very nice. <laughs> no. I knew, I know exactly who you're talking about when you made that gesture too. the guy with the big hair, yeah, you right. know, it's just the guy like, who stars in all the memes. Oh my God. That was perfect. But when they look at like all the old like renaissance paintings from that time and it's like a lot of them have like weird shit in the background like uh spaceships or something along those lines or like cig uh, cigar style spaceships or um uh flying saucers and stuff like that and they're just like it's because during that time there was a um there was an alien presence on earth and uh you can see it in the writing with like chariots that, you know, rode through the sky and stuff like that. It's like that would be current day spaceships and stuff like that. I'm just like, huh. I mean, can I completely believe it? Uh, I'm not sure. I wasn't there, but who knows, you know? Yeah. So maybe they show up every once in a while, fuck our shit up, let us know that, hey, we're watching you. And then they, you know, they bounce. That would be fucking crazy for one. I, I remember now that you bring it up. Like in terms of the cigar-shaped spaceships, I remember reading uh, a book when I was like ten mm -hmm. in like my Catholic school. Like they had a library in the basement, and I took a, a book out about aliens and how Jimmy Carter once saw an alien out, like an alien spaceship outside of like, like just he was lounging in the White House like back lawn or whatever. <laughs> And he saw an, what he claims is an alien spaceship, and it was cigar-shaped. So, God. I mean, I'm not – I don't want to veer into, like, Alex Jones. Like, we should all be wearing tinfoil hats and, like, avoiding the reptile people. But when I heard it was cigar-shaped, that's the first thing I thought of. I was just like, they're here. Oh, my God. Um, first of all, very progressive Catholic school you went to that had a book <laughs> – they didn't know what they were. They were just like, let's just get a pile of books and put it in the basement. It's like, look, a former president. This will be good for the kids. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jimmy Carr is like, I saw a spaceship. <laughs> wow. Holy cow. There's, wow. There was an era of malaise around it. <laughs> that, now, for all you political nerds out there, holy shit. That was for you. <laughs> He would say something like that, too. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah. It's Jimmy fucking Carter, man. But, um... Mr. Peanut Farmer himself. Was he a peanut farmer? He was a peanut farmer. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That guy did a lot with his life. Yeah, he did. And he's still, and he's still building uh, homes for uh, the homeless. Yes. Like, that dude is no joke. Didn't he, like, have... Uh, it was either this year or last year. Didn't he, like, have pneumonia or... 
some sort of serious physical ailment, maybe cancer. I'm not sure. I'm not. Yeah, I remember he had some kind of physical ailment, and yeah. he was out for a little bit to like take care of it, and then came right back. Yeah, and started building homes for the homeless again. It's just like it, <sighs> that dude. I don't care what you think about his politics. He is the man. Like one of my favorite things about Jimmy Carter is that he he's one of like. And I'm probably wrong about this, but he's one of the few presidents that kept it 100% real, mm-hmm. like a gangster, like Absolutely. fucking real. And then he, he, like people freaked out because he kept it too real. Mm-hmm. He was just like, we're going to run out of oil. Mm-hmm. Like it's poisoning our environment. Uh, and we're relying too much on like foreign powers to to do this like to the United States. We need to stop using so much gas. We yeah. need to stop using so much petroleum because we're a we're fucking up our environment, and b we're relying too much on other countries like and shady dealings and mm-hmm. sh- and corrupt shit to like to continue on this course. And then people were just like, he used the word malaise. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> You were totally right, though. He he he, he kept did. it ultra real. And he then, really did. He really did. And and the thing is, as a former president, um, the perspective that he had, especially since he was you know an educated man and had perspective on a lot of things in his life. He, I mean, he's gone on record as as in terms of talking about the racism in this country. Oh yeah. And some people have tried to like discredit. It's like oh you know fucking Jimmy Carter or whatever. It's just like. Jimmy Carter is a man of many, many decades of age. Was it? What is he in his seventies now? Yeah, or seventies, early eighties, something, something yeah. like that. It's just like so. He was around when he saw the South, like really be the South. You know, I mean, yeah. it, the South is still the South right now, but he was around when it was just like, you know, when there were like separate water fountains, kind of South. You yeah, know? and um, for him to say that at this point in his life is just like, look, I've seen the old school sort of like original copy of uh, like the original first run of Superman comic style <laughs> racism. Like like action comics number one, wide edition. Exactly. It's like he's been around, he, he was around for the old school version. Like he can recognize that. He can recognize the reverberations of that in our, in our current day. And if he speaks out about it, it's just like, oh, the man has some perspective, not just because he's lived so long, but he's also been president of the United States. So to have a man like that speak up and say something about um, our dependence on foreign oil uh, probably shook a lot of people to their core. They were just like, um, this guy is telling the truth. And some people might actually listen to him because he held the highest office in the land. Just want to remind everybody out there in listener land that we are... Robots, robots versus, versus taxes, taxes. and oh. i'm pablo i'm sorry <laughs> no no i'm pablo morale martinez and i'm ernesto mancibo and we are on radio free brooklyn hell yeah yes 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 oh man so uh, wow we seriously went in on that on that whole segment it was we great did. we <laughs> did and we're about to go in on um on justice league yes uh Folks, this <laughs> this past here we go. <laughs> this past Sunday, which I guess would be the uh, which November nineteenth, um, on a whim, <laughs> Pablo and I we went to go see 
uh, Justice League. We weren't quite sure when we were going to go see this. Yeah, we were like debating over whether to see it at all. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, you want to go see it? He's like, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty much how I did it. <laughs> we usually like to go to our theater of choice. And here comes a shout out. We like to go to Alamo Draft House. Yes. <laughs> in downtown Again, they Brooklyn. don't sponsor us, but we love them. We love them because they're so they're a great theater. It's a great experience. And they, they, they know how to make movie lovers feel like welcome. Yes. You know? uh, but we couldn't go to that theater because the movie was sold out there. Yeah. Um, which is just as well. Uh, <laughs> considering how we felt about this film. Dude, it's weird because you are like, you're a Superman fan. I am a Superman fan. Look. There's a difference between being a fan of a character and being a fan of a franchise or movie series. Right, um, right, right. Yeah. Where do we start? Um, just we can a start by having him shot before we. All right. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Cheers. Cheers. <sighs> Woo! <laughs> For those of you, for those of you tuning in on the broadcast, we're doing a little day drinking. Oh. <laughs> Ernesto just had uh, oh. some bullet bourbon rye, some rye bourbon, and uh, we're we're still oh, oh man smooth, <laughs> shit smooth. What's at the bottom of that bottle? Uh, an infinity stone? Oh. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's the soul gem. Yeah. It'll fuck up your soul when you take a <laughs> shot. From it. But anyway, all right. So, uh, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, Justice Justice League. Justice League. <clears throat> Do you want to go first about this, or I mean, like, I'll, what I'll, are your thoughts about? I'll jump. I'll just jump in with the beginning to start off with. And uh, listeners, there will be spoilers in this uh, in this podcast. You're talking about Superman's face. I'm talking about Superman's face. They did the it, opening shot is just like this very weird um, uh, camera phone, smartphone footage. Uh, it seems like some kids managed to, you know, corner him or something like that uh, during a some sort of scene. Yeah, it's like a it's like a like an iPhone video. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they they're asking him some questions, and the whole time I'm looking at his face, and I'm just like, why does it look like he? Um, like he was carved out of clay. <laughs> it's, why does Superman have a stop motion face? Yeah, it was so weird. I was just like, I, they don't. Did Leica produce this? It's like they. It's like they don't need. They didn't need to do this. Like Henry Cavill is still alive. Like why? Why does he look like they? You know they did what they did with like um, Tarkin. In, uh, oh, in Rogue fuck. One. Like, <laughs> Holy shit, dude. You nailed it. You fucking nailed it. Because that's, I was like thinking, I was like, this is, somebody else has done this. Because he looks like either like the same effects company that did Tarkin did it, which Tarkin, like for all people like complain about the way Tarkin looked. Mm -hmm. I thought he looked, he didn't, he looked like not half bad. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Agree. He was passable as a human, despite the fact that you did enter the uncanny valley like <laughs> aspect of it, like his face. But uh, I think it was better than. I feel like they got the same effects company who did 
the de-aging effect on Professor X oh. and Magneto in The Last Stand. Dude. <laughs> Holy Cause, shit. Because had, he had that... Henry Cavill had that weird, like, plastic face effect. Yes. Dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, there was something about his skin. It was just like, his skin doesn't look like it really has pores no. right now, you know? And they, they like... You know, Henry Cavill already has a pretty distinctive chin, but they like they made it almost 1950s comic booky in a certain sense. It's yes, like, they it's, made they they had gave him the what's it called? He like uh, had like chin cleavage or something he like that. He had what's it called? <laughs> the Kirk Douglas. They gave him the Kirk <laughs> Douglas. <laughs> yes, they certainly he had gave like him an that. ass for chin. He like, really did. Yeah. Really like they is. gave Buffy the body, like they color corrected Buffy the oh body. Oh my god! <laughs> you took it to an early two thousand reference. Wow. But yeah, so that you know, opening shot uh, already, you know, our eyes are being treated to a certain amount of uh, visual weirdness. Then um, I just want to comment that, the, you know, this is Justice League. This is like the team up movie, you know, and team. Yeah. Superhero team up movies, they're big deals, you know? Yeah. There was something like about this is supposed to be the Avengers of DC. Exactly. DC, you know, it's like which this... is fucked up to say because the Justice League came first. Yeah, exactly. But you know, they but movie wise, it's a whole different animal. But... Yeah, definitely. So the opening card that actually depicted the Justice League logo was just Oh dude. The flag. The just... flag logo. It was just like yeah, look at this. It's, there wasn't even any epic music. No, it was just like... silence. Silence. And, oh, man. In terms of, like, the track record, like, if this was just, like, the Justice League after a string of hit movies. Yes, yes. Like, the, when the title card comes up as a flag and it's com completely quiet, it would usher in, like, a feeling of awe. But because it would have, yeah. yes, you're right, you're right. Like if we if we had actually been invested in su Superman <laughs> when he died, like this would have been like, oh yes, oh my god, yes, oh I identify with this movie already. It's like touching my heart. But no, that's not that's not the feeling. That's not the feeling I got. Like that, that feeling I got was like, oh fuck! <laughs> like they didn't, they couldn't even spring from music. Like so ashamed of this movie. Like it, this movie was supposed to come in two parts. Remember they were talking about making Justice League Part One and Two. Wait, what? Yeah, you know. I what mean, I, I, I. Shit, are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Like, oh my god! They were talking about making, and then um, Warner Brothers sent out a mandate saying that this that. Like, this movie can't be over two hours. And then I'm just like, I think, like, one of the stipulations might have been that, hey, because you fucked up so badly, I'm Batman versus Superman, you know, we're going to cut you down in one movie instead of two. Oh, wow. I don't know. A bunch of things could have happened because, like, you know, unfortunately, like, Zack Snyder, like, I'm saying, uh, like, the thing that happened to him to quit the, pro like, not quit the project, but leave the project mm -hmm. was very tragic. 
so Zack Snyder couldn't finish it, and then Joss Whedon had to step in. And this movie ver- feels, to me, and I don't know if you agree, but it feels like a Frankenstein monster of two different I, directors. I agree. I agree. This feels like like two movies were um, were mashed together. Just just to make it just to make it a little personal, it was like years ago when we all went to go see The Fountain. And then later that night, we went to go see Borat. Borat, yes. Oh my god! It was like there was there was that level of contrast in this movie. You weren't quite sure whether to to dial into the darkness of it or into the marvelness of it. Yes, you know. Yes, and there was a definitely Marvel tinge to it during certain parts. Yes, there was. It was the jokey, lighthearted nature of it because this was th- this movie. Justice League is a course correction, like they yeah. and ever, that's that is a mm. like that's that's a, a term a lot of people I feel are using in terms of like what uh, what Justice League signifies mm-hmm. because it's it's no longer the um, the message that being a superhero fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, hey, being a superhero kind of rules, you know? It's like, we get to kick ass, yeah. you know? Look at us. Hell Some yeah. of us are fast. Some mm. of us are strong. Some of us fly. Some of us say, my man. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us say, booyah at the end. That, you know, <laughs> that part made me a little angry. I was just like. <laughs> yeah, I saw your face in the theater and you were like. Fuck's sake. It's like they had Cyborg on screen for like 10 seconds. It was like, this is going to be the Cyborg cut for 10 seconds. We have to give him some dialogue. And they made him say, booyah. God damn it. I'm imagining that the writers were in the writer's room and they were just like, you know, the, the exec said, okay, every superhero has to have like, you know, this is the post-victory the cowabunga exactly so we we, we've given a 10 second allotment to cyborg we have to have him say something and then a room full of white writers were just like well what do black cyborgs say (laughs) what does a black cyborg Cyborg say (laughs) and they went with booyah I think you named the episode. What does a black cyborg say? Even the actor who was playing cyborg couldn't believe what he was saying he at looked that surprised. moment. He, he was he just like, surprised. he was like, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Booyah. It's <laughs> like, oh. It was it was kind of embarrassing. Yeah, it was. It was, <laughs> it was embarrassing in the way that like Amy Adams had to say, "You smell good." Oh, <laughs> embarrassing. That's the level of embarrassment. Random, random piece Completely of dialogue. Out of left field. For all right, listeners, just so you know, you're very deep into spoilers now. This is <laughs> this is post resurrection of Superman. This isn't spoilers. People know Superman comes back. I mean, well, I mean, if you've seen the trailer, <laughs> him coming back from the last movie. If, you had a movie, people. 
You had a movie in a trailer. <laughs> don't I don't want to hear anybody going like, "What Superman? No." <laughs> like pulling a Mark Wahlberg don't, on us. Don't don't pull that on us, guys. But yeah, they telegraphed it at the end of Batman versus Superman, and if you saw any of the trailers for Justice League, it yes. was just like, "Oh, somebody's somebody back. comes back. Could it be Green Lantern? It, no." no. <laughs> But he's back from the dead, and him and Lois fly off. Um, they go back to his his farm in uh, in uh, Smallville. Farm Tris of Solitude. Farm Tris. <laughs> <laughs> and they're standing in a wheat field. He's shirtless, of course. You know. No. And Is it, no, he was wearing a shirt. It was just like uh, open, so it's revealed the taco meat. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. All right. So. Because all right, that's true. During the during the fight, he was shirtless. So, um, and I believe after, after his death, he got really into the Fast and Furious like Vin Diesel movies. So he was like, I'll "Open my shirt like a little bit so they can see my taco, taco meat." meat. <laughs> yes, there you go. Oh man, that's that's I guess what a Superman does when he's dead. He watches Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah. But anyway, they're standing in a wheel field, and she, you know. This is the love of her life who has just come back from the dead, who is an alien from another world. And she looks at him and says, You smell good. Which I think all of us in the theater were just like, What is this? Really? What, what is this? That's a brave choice. You're, talk, <laughs> you're, you're talking to somebody who less than an hour ago was a corpse, who, you, who you've exhumed, by the way. <laughs> By the oh my god yes can we talk a little bit about this okay this movie I feel like this should go into this this the plot the HBO plot summary of the movie which is like if you like Wonder Woman if you like flying if you like uh, CGI monsters and grave digging <laughs> this is the movie for you <laughs> grave digging. <laughs> there was just a moment in the movie where it was just like, "Wow, are we, are the we movie, really here?" The movie stops dead. <laughs> the movie itself stops dead in its tracks to address the fact that they're grave digging. We had two super powerful metahumans digging up another super powerful Poor alien cyborg in the Flash. Dude, when you say it like that, it does sound kind of cool. It's like, but no, a but cyborg and a person that runs super fast digs up an alien. An alien, but but it's not as cool as it sounds. No, because it just looks fucking weird. It's just weird. They just got stuck on that duty, and there, it's it, somehow this was. They thought that this would move the story along. Yeah. Um, no. But I do have to acknowledge at least one little cool moment um, within that particular shot when uh, the Flash was talking to Cyborg and was sort of trying to get the lowdown on his uh, origin. And he went, oh, so you and I, we're, we're the accidents of the team. Yes. Because Cyborg asked him, he was just like, so you got struck by lightning. And it's just like, so, and they... Came to the conclusion, like, oh, we both sort of got here by accident. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. They failed into it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, 
all right, the, now that we're talking about some cool moments about Justice League, because yeah. there are some cool moments. Yeah, that's that's the weird thing about yeah, Justice this League. Movie, yeah. Like I said, like this movie is a Frankenstein monster. Cyborg and Flash digging up Superman, I think sounds cool, but it isn't. Um, but uh, I'm trying to direct us to the scene where Flash fights Superman. Yeah. Or rather, dodges the fuck out of Superman <laughs> because that was the only moment where I where every like that that's the YouTube worthy moment. Yes. Like if you just want to watch like the best scene mm-hmm. in Justice League, watch the Flash and Superman together. Yes. Cause you know, spoilers, but the Flash is like super fast and he's trying to like like he's he find like ev- the justice league find out that in resurrecting superman they bring out an evil superman which i th- i think is really um lazy writing but whatever we'll get into that later hmm. interesting interesting <laughs> hopefully we'll get into that later um because this th- i feel like this deserves its own episode i can go on with this for yeah, a yes. while. I, I know you can. <laughs> I know you can. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, evil Superman is turning on the Justice League and he's fighting them. And the Flash tries to subdue Superman, but doesn't realize that Superman is can actually see him while he runs mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. super fast motion. And the look of surprise... <laughs> On the Flash's face, by the way, kudos to Ezra Miller. Yes, <laughs> for being awesome. That moment is amazing. Uh, Ezra Miller is probably the best thing about this movie. Yeah, hands yeah. down. Yeah, just his acting. He sort of took us with him. Yeah, like, he yeah. he really. I feel like he stole a lot of scenes. I I like what Cyborg did too. The mm-hmm. actor who portrayed Cyborg mm-hmm. was great. I do. I, I agree. I agree. And Gal Gadot is great. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, Ben Affleck and Superman, who, like, Henry Cavill is, like, whatever. And I hope they that they give uh, Jason Momoa, like, some really good, like, meat and potatoes for uh, Aquaman. Because I, f- I feel like he has a, uh, he has a definitely, like, really radiant screen presence. Um, but the way they placed him in his film he didn't really have like, it was clunky right? it was clunky he didn't have room you know? yes so he did have one scene though and that's all that's that's the thing about this movie is that it has like five scenes which are just like great mm-hmm. and then the rest of the time it falls flat on its face yeah um but the moment that uh, aquaman sits on the lasso of truth <laughs> and he says all that shit I was like, that's great. That's great. He deserves his own movie. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Like Aquaman deserves his own movie. He could definitely he can definitely bring a level of uh interest and dimension to Aquaman. Yes. That we probably haven't seen like ever. I, I mean, at least not on screen or arguably even in any animated movie. But Aquaman in and of himself, um, is a very interesting character. There have been right some yeah. some comic storylines that have delved into um, a depth 
uh, with him that is more excuse the pun. Yes, well, you know, <laughs> that is more than just talking to fish. I like. Right. I feel like even in the movie they they scraped that a little bit when Batman was like, you know, you can. So you can talk to fish. You can talk to fish, like, and he's just like. The water talks to the fish, <laughs> right? And he's just like, like I don't just talk to fish, yeah. like not a sushi chef, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> you know. like a particularly lonely sushi chef. Yeah. <laughs> You're the only one who understands me, carp. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, um, so while we're talking about like the cool shit. Um, there's an there's a scene early on with Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman mm-hmm. deflecting bullets off her. Did we forget about because that was that was the top of the movie where yeah. she bursts in on some some terror some English Bank robbers. yeah English <laughs> terrorists English terrorists they were they were scary but super polite yeah so <laughs> oh my god they. They drank tea with their pinkies up and the whole night. But they shoot at this crowd of people with automatic weapons. And I'm thinking this is where I started making the distinction between Zack Snyder and Joss Whedon. Because if Zack Snyder had his way and if he hadn't left the project, he would have had that uh, gangster shoot up those people. Hmm. But because Joss Whedon stepped in, he was like, I think Wonder Woman would save them. Hmm. And there was this cool moment where she's just deflecting bullets yes. off her, 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 like, fucking, like, the, what is that? The, the forearm, sh- forearm shield, the bracelet, yeah. whatever things. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. That was very cool. Yeah. It that, showed, like, oh, she's more than... More than a woman. Yeah. More than a woman to me. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So. I'm so glad we did yeah, that. I know. Like, me too. <laughs> um, yeah. I think we should. <laughs> that being said, we have to wrap it up. Oh, that's we've been going on. We've been going on for way, way too long. All right. So unlike unlike Warner Brothers and the Justice League movie, there will be a part two yes. to our delving into Justice League. Yes, we have to talk about it some more because it bears like just we have to go into it. We just Absolutely. have to go into it. Absolutely. So consider this our very first ever cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dun, dun, dun dun. Well, they like the Justice League. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> so tune in next time. Uh, I'm Pablo Morales Martinez. I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And together we are Robots, Robots versus, versus taxes. taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yeah. You have yourself a nice day. Song of the week. Try your best to diagnose when I host. You get to roast, toast, bake to grill, brawl. When I rumble, you crumble. My stuff is good like Morongo. Soup, rappers getting soup from and rugged. While I'll unplug it with my semantics into rugged and exposed. You know how it goes when it be gritty. When we roll, it's like we got the key to the city. It won't be pretty for you to.
but we don't believe that, cause CBS tells a lot on who got shot and who does all the crime. Danger! And you do it all the time. When the East is in the To act shiesty, come out of spicy to your ass that is pricely costing. You get baked like Mr. Boston. Beans in a box, you need more strength than just locks. I rock hardcore even when I dress suited. On some business shit, my street is deep rooted. What is this shit? Rappers want to blossom, but they all a costume. Thinking we buffoon, I tell you soon you'll end the hard way. Tens and blunts going Broadway to the theater. Hot rocks is getting weirder, like Vera from Alice. The East is in your palace on some proper shit, and it will never be. Pack a NYPF backspin to the essence. You get startled by the presence when the east is in the house. 